0: Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
2: Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Wednesday, August 18th edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And yeah, no live Tuesday show this week. I did not have time to, to get everything set up for us to actually go live, but... We've got the live Wednesday morning show, and it—I guess you can call it live if you want to—the way that things have been going. But it's—it's it's been working well. I, I like it. Things have been going all right. So, so we will continue that uh, once we get into the season. Of course, that will continue on. Go ahead and give you a rundown before we talk about the day's topics. You know, we've got Tebow to talk about. Jamal Adams. We got uh, more college football alignment mess that we're going to discuss. The AP poll is out. AFC North previews today. But before we do that, winningcureseverything.com, that is the website. Everywhere you need to be subscribed, you can find right over there, the podcast, all the video spots, Twitch, YouTube, Periscope, uh, Twitter, what or I guess it's just Twitter at this point. But either way, you can find it all at winningcureseverything.com. Go ahead and knock that out. Subscribe where you need to subscribe. And if you're listening to the podcast, leave a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts. The show is brought to you by betus.com where the game begins. They are offering a 125% deposit bonus. Use the promo code NCAAF2021, and that deposit bonus is exclusive for sports betting. So it's not a portion of it is for the casino, a portion of it is for whatever. Like, if you feel like getting a few extra coins in your account to be able to bet on sports with, Go ahead and knock it out. NCAAF 2021. That is the spot. You can read all the terms and conditions, all that kind of mess over on the website, but there is a link in the description to go find that. Chris hosts a college football show for sportsbookreview.com. You can find it at sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. He and our buddy Sam from the Westlap Pirates do a fantastic job with it. You can find a link in the description to subscribe to that channel for SBR Picks or just search out on YouTube, SBR Picks. I host a college football show for BetUS. Myself and Parker Fleming and Kyle Hunter, you can find the link in the description for that one as well, or just search out BetUS College Football. Very easy to do. I think, I think that's all of it, right? That's, a <laughs> that's it, brother. <laughs> I think that's all the rundown. Alright, let's dive into the topics for the day. First one up, Tim Tebow has been cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars, thus ends the era of Tebow as a tight end. I do not foresee anybody Picking him up as a free agent because the first preseason game was about as abysmal as you could get. If they had found any inkling of competency at the position, any inkling of him being able to block anybody, I think that they would have kept him. He was the highest-selling jersey for Jacksonville, even though they drafted Trevor Lawrence. Like, it's insane. Do you you think there's
1: a world where they... Brought him in and kept him on the roster long enough to sell a shitload of jerseys.
2: I don't think that the amount of money that they made off of selling jerseys would have been worth it. I think they, I think Urban Meyer really thought that he could come in and be a contributing member of that football team. I think that's what he thought. You, you feel differently? How disappointed do you think Urban is? I think he's really disappointed. I I think there was just no way to keep him on on the field. There was no way to keep him on the roster. He looked he looked
1: really bad. He looked completely lost. All right, I got I got to ask this question. Okay, he is a big, strong dude, like a super big, super athletic, strong dude, right? Yeah. How in the hell does he miss other giant humans trying to block them? He whiffed everybody,
2: every yeah. block. <laughs> If you didn't, so the one that went viral was not even the worst one, right? Oh, because not even the worst the, one. The the one that was right after that, he completely whiffed on the guy, like completely. That one, he he's trying to he block whiffed. a gigantic person. <laughs> it, you have to try to
1: miss that guy. I think Tebow was like, "I'm I'm not doing this,"
2: and move. It's entirely possible. I think about he he's played quarterback basically his entire life. Like I. You're, you're asking I, a quarterback I've, to come in and block. That's
1: not true. Gary, Gary, tomorrow I could walk outside. I could take a person equal to your size and say, go block, the, just go run in front of this person and and get on him with your shoulders and push him. And with no practice ever in your entire life doing it,
2: you could do it better than he did. Are you are you suggesting that Tebow tanked his audition? No, I don't think he's tanked. I think I think he's legitimately that bad. I think so. I think he is. I think you're 100% I think he right. saw
1: another big, giant human being, and he said, I'm not doing this. My my whole life I've
2: avoided these people. I'm not hitting that guy. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could 100% see that. Now, I will say this. The people that have celebrated Tebow's failures, I got no time in my life for these people. Right, You you will not see either one of us tweeting laughing about the fact that Tim Tebow could not play tight end.
1: Oh, like, no, 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 no. Hey, you right. speak for yourself, okay? I love Tebow. <laughs> I think Tebow is a great person. He was laughably bad. Yes. It's okay to laugh at that. No, I,
2: he was laughably ble- uh, laughably bad for sure. I completely agree with that. What I'm saying is the people that laugh at all of the failures, the baseball, the tight end stuff, the broadcasting, the, you know, all that kind of mess. Like the guy puts himself out there and he tries a whole bunch of different stuff and he was a great college player and he could have rested on that for the rest of his life. He could have gone At out and made a of time. You gotta make a living, Gary.
1: You can't rest on it the rest of your life.
2: That man made so much money in, in just college? Like, in well, probably in college for sure. But in but just not, a he didn't make years. enough to like never work again, though. I don't I don't know, man. I think he's made enough off of Going out I, and speaking at, at like the speaking yeah, circuit, yeah. Like I think college, he's done that. Sure,
1: yeah, sure, absolutely. I agree. These mega churches pay gazillions of dollars. Trust yes, me. I think I he has.
2: He's got plenty of money. And don't forget, like his parents are filthy rich too. Like he's he's trying to, to find something.
1: Saying there's a lot of money in the church, Gary. Because now we're about to. <laughs> All right, we got to we got to change the topic. Tebow Tebow's not good at football.
2: No, he's not. Good man,
1: not good at football.
2: Thus ends the career of one Tim Tebow. Hey, hang
0: on now.
1: I actually think he's pretty good on TV. Like, those... Now, I don't know that he would be good at calling a game, but Lord help us, uh, ESPN might try him, okay? Because they've tried everybody else, and he would really help ratings. You saw that they signed uh, Alex Smith,
2: right? ESPN did.
1: Hey, you know what? If I was ESPN, I might bring him in for a trial. Because look at all the people that you lost in, like, the political divide. Tibo would bring all of those people back.
2: He would definitely bring a strong portion of them back. And
1: sure. I, I don't think he would be. Listen, he would. He would not be the worst person they've had in that. But I think he would be. I'm a Booger defender, but he would not be as bad as Booger was. He would. De- nobody in the world will ever be as bad as Jason Witten. Okay. Yeah. No, that's true. So, that so true. he 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 wouldn't be that bad, and he would bring a ton of viewers back. ESPN might need to think about this. They already have a relationship with him from working for the SEC network.
2: I'm I'm sure that if they were going to bring him back, it would probably be for the SEC stuff that that they're going to be doing going forward.
1: Oh, they need to bring him back for the Monday night football game because that's what they're dying at. That's their number one television show that ESPN has, and
2: that's where they can't get anybody to do it. That's great. Yeah, no, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. They do need some help with the NFL side. We'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. We will see. Uh, let's let's move on. Jamal Adams signed his deal today. I think everybody, at least in the NFL world, is excited about this. Four years, 72 million dollars, 38 million dollars guaranteed, 20 million dollar signing bonus. And I am always going to be a fan of the guys that put themselves out there, right that bet on themselves. I think this is a good thing for those kinds of people. And, yeah, and he too. is one of them. He got to Seattle last year as part of a trade, and everybody thought it was just kind of a done deal that they would, they would knock out this contract. There'd be no problem. And he said, whoa, y'all aren't offering what I feel like I'm worth. I'm going to just go out and play for a season. We'll figure yeah. it out on the back end. And show enough, show enough, he got the deal done. I love it. Players union's got to be happy because
0: oh,
1: yeah. he's a he, guy that that got himself, you know, uh, you know, paid really well, raised the bar, highest paid safety in the game. So that should set a new mark for the rest of the safeties coming up behind him um, that are going to be at the top end of the level. Uh, I think this is a big deal. I think he's a really good safety. I hate when people don't know how to watch football. Like I'm not an expert at all of watching a football. Okay, I don't know every breakdown of every position, but I understand. I grew up playing defense, and I understand defense more than anything else. I I understand there are two different types of safeties. Okay, and when they they want to compare uh, interception numbers, and they want to say, "Oh, he's you know he's not even this. He doesn't do that." Okay. Take those guys' interception numbers that you're looking at and look at their sack totals, all right? And look at their tackles for behind the line of scrimmage, okay? They're goose egg because they don't do what he does. He rushes the quarterback. He blitzes the hole. He's a run-stuffing, quarterback-sacking type of safety. This is how he plays, and that's the role he plays.
2: Yeah, he right? fills in the gap. He does all kind of stuff. Like, he's this is, this he's all that, over the but, yard. But
1: people only know how to look at defensive secondary guys, DB guys, and say interception or nothing. That's it. And, and they don't understand he's just a different kind of linebacker, all right? Yeah. Um, and, and he has unbelievable amounts of value to a football team. He's really good. I'm glad he got paid. Uh, I do think this makes Seattle's defense just that much more stable. Yes. Um. They're gonna need to step it up from last year. That defense was not great last year.
2: No, but it, it was not his fault. I mean, oh he, no, it wasn't his fault. No, yeah. they're
1: bad. They're bad on a lot of places of the defense. They got to yeah. get better.
2: Uh, Jamal Adams is is one of those guys. You know how they talk about positionless football. Yeah, it, it's it's a hybrid kind of thing where he could play linebacker. He could he could rush from the edge. He can play in the secondary. Like he is versatile. He can play anywhere. That's and, right. And this shows, like, there is a spot for guys like that. He's I mean, very
1: similar to the honey badger. Yes. I mean, it's just it's what they do. Honey badger covers way more than he does now. Oh yeah, today he didn't. He didn't used to, but he covers. I guess he's always kind of done both. Jamal Adams doesn't cover nearly as much as honey badger does. But
2: but honey badger does not stop the run as much as Jamal Adams I don't, does. I don't know. He can. He can, he can do get that the,
1: too. Yeah, he can get in that hole, and he definitely
2: can get some sacks though. So. Oh yeah, no, he, he can certainly do it, but I you know Maybe not
1: today. Maybe not today. He's pretty long in the tooth for
2: an NFL safety career. Now you're you're right about that. You were right about that. So good for Jamal Adams. We are do, excited to see. I like
1: guys. you you yeah. said you like guys that bet on themselves and, and hit. Yeah. When he got traded, the I mean, I think the contract offers last year was almost half of this money wise. Yes. I mean, I think they were in the, you know, $30 million range total. I don't know how many years, but, like, that's what they were talking. I mean, he, he got that doubled.
2: It's, so. I, I will say this. I did say last year we, we talked about the Dak Prescott stuff, and I I was of the opinion, yo, I probably would have signed that $35 million a year thing because what if you go out and get injured? What if so forth? And he got injured, and he still got a contract that was 160 million because quarterback, I guess, is just different.
1: It's, but, well, it's just, yeah. So, here's the difference. Dak was, that that bet was far more risky because Jamal was a first-round pick. Jamal, Jamal's rookie contract, hell of a lot bigger than Dak's rookie contract. Not even yes. close. Not even apples to apples. You could live the rest of your life as long as you're not living like a prize fighter off of Jamal's rookie contract and be okay. Yeah. All right? You could not live the rest of your life off of Dak's rookie contract.
2: Hey, maybe off the endorsements. Oh, well, no, but that's not his contract. <laughs> but that's not he his NFL endorsements contract. Into, yeah.
1: into effect. That's not his contract. So, that we're having a different situation. If somebody's offering you a lot of money and you haven't made a lot of money at that point in time, it's a lot different than a guy who's already made a lot of money saying, "No, I'm worth more."
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're you're not wrong about that. Let's move to college football. We'll talk for a little while about a couple of different topics. First one up, the AP Top 25 was released, and same top 10 as the coaches' poll, but in different order. Uh, Alabama is number one here. Less less first-place votes than in the coaches' poll. They got 47 of them. Oklahoma, number two, with six first-place votes. Clemson, number three, with six. Ohio State, number four, with one. Georgia, number five, with three. And then you've got A&M at six. Iowa State all the way up at 7, Cincinnati at 8, Notre Dame 9, North Carolina 10. Cincinnati at 8 is the highest group of five-ranking preseason ever. Houston, back when Tom Herman was there at number 15, was the highest prior to this. Now, this kind of sets it up where Cincinnati, who has got a game at number 9, Notre Dame, at number 17, Indiana... And then you've got UCF, who's one of these that's uh, that's receiving votes. If, if Cincinnati runs the table, they are in a position, as much as we like to say that the preseason poll does not matter, it does. Everybody kind of bases their polls based on what this was beforehand. Now, it's not as prevalent these days as it used to be. Right. But Cincinnati has themselves set up to where if they go undefeated, they got a real, real shot at the playoffs based yeah, on being, this initial.
1: Yeah, them being ranked in the top ten preseason is something I never thought I'd see. I was saying I just never, I just never thought that they would give them the the credit that they do. Uh, I wonder, is this a world where the AP, the writers, are seeing the game for how it is, and not how those who want
2: to dictate how it's going um, uh, does? Yeah, I I'm curious what the difference is going to be. I, I want to see what they end up doing with them if Indiana and Notre Dame aren't great right so if Indiana ends up going six and six and Notre Dame is an eight and four team but you got you know two wins on the road against power five teams that should count for something and I we both know that the AAC is a strong conference so I I would expect this to to maintain all season. It's not like they're going to drop them. But the biggest thing is, of course, Cincinnati has to win out. They have to go undefeated for that to even be a possibility.
1: Oh, yeah. No, if they want to stay a top-10 team, they have to win out. Uh, I, I roll my eyes a little because it, it, it would frustrate me if Notre Dame doesn't do their job and, and Indiana doesn't do their job. Somehow that's going to negate what we think of Cincinnati when I'm not – hear me. I'm not saying Cincinnati is Clemson but we don't do that to Clemson, okay? True. We assume Clemson is a top three or four team, and they steamroll a bunch of nobodies every year, and then we say, oh, they're still a three, uh, top four team. Like, we don't even debate it. So I'm not saying they got to be a top four team, but if we know today or we think today they're a top ten team, if they steamroll everybody, if they run through their schedule – and their schedule happens to be bad when we think it was good beforehand, that's not their fault, and you can't knock them. I'm not saying give them a playoff spot. I'm saying you can't knock them out of the top ten because of that. You can't have somebody jump them I agree. because of that. Because you haven't done it in the past. Precedent has to matter. Consistency has to be
2: important. Yes. I do want to prepare you for this. I was actually looking at this earlier today. Boston College got five votes. NC State got 14 votes. And if you go and look at Clemson's schedule, uh, Clemson has got... No, oh, no, no.
1: This year, they play Georgia. That throws everything that we normally say about them out the window.
2: Right, but they if they lose to Georgia, typically, if it was a G5 team, that would just knock them out, right? That's right. However, in this situation, they play NC State in Week 4, and they play Boston College in Week 5. And NC State, this is who NC State opens up with, okay? Um Hold on, I'm pulling up the schedules as we speak. NC State opens with South Florida, Mississippi State, and Furman. In week four, when they play Clemson, if they beat Mississippi State, this team will be 3-0. I guarantee they will be ranked in the back half of the top 25. Boston College, same situation here. Uh, Boston College opens with Colgate. They play UMass. They play Temple. They host Missouri and then they play Clemson. If they get by Missouri, this will be a top 25 team, and they will credit them with this regardless of how these two teams finish.
1: I know that. I know that. Gary, I do this every year. Every year they inflate, they over-inflate these ACC teams that Clemson has on the schedule every year just just to say Clemson beat top 25 teams. They do it all the time. It's it's just complete and utter manipulation of the schedule. Yes. Uh, of the Of the rankings. It's just a total, it's a total. And they're able to do it because week three rankings don't matter. Week four rankings don't matter. Nobody in the pantheon of college football will ever look back and say, oh, well, it didn't matter that we ranked Boston College, even though we know they're not a top 25 team. So it doesn't hurt anything to rank them. Yes, it does. Because we know why you're doing it.
2: Yes. Yes, 100%. Well,
1: people who are paying attention know why you're doing it. Most people just go through life just, you know, with blinders on, just thinking everything's great and nobody
2: and don't understand do how the they don't know how the sausage is made. That's the way it goes, and I, some people prefer that. I understand that, but that's not what we do on this show. Uh, the underrated teams, the overrated teams, uh, going through just off the cuff. Underrated teams. I really like Utah. I, Arizona State at twenty five. I would have had underrated but I have no idea what to expect from this team. So
1: I yeah, I, my question is, is do you have them rated? See, this is it. If it's a talent standpoint, Arizona is um, uh, way Arizona
2: underrated. Arizona State's way up there,
1: yeah. Arizona State's way, way underrated, yeah. So
2: Utah at 24, I do think it's underrated. Um, Coastal and Louisiana at 21 and, or sorry, 22 and 23, probably underrated. Iowa at 18, I think is underrated. Uh, Oregon, you know, sitting at 11. I think they're right where they should be. Wisconsin, I want to see exactly what this team is going to be. Florida at 13, maybe overrated. I, I'm i curious to see what they're going to look like. Miami could be underrated at 14. Uh, as far as the top 10 goes, I, you know, I went through a couple of them. Iowa State at seven might be a touch high, but there's a lot of love for Matt Campbell. They got a bunch of guys returning. They got four All-American first-teamers this year. That is more than anybody more than any other team which is insane to me but that's the way it goes uh you got any overrated underrateds that you want to toss out here
1: uh the the i mean you know i'm with you on the lower half i i, I think louisiana and coastal uh, should be should be higher than some of these other teams um all the other teams they've got above them are all big boy college football brands yeah but they haven't been they haven't been great and they haven't performed the way those two teams have over the last couple of years so
2: Indiana you know, I, at 17 seemed uh, a little bit high. Uh, yeah, I feel like it was a I, And I love
1: Tom Allen. Yeah. And, I, and I hope it, listen, I'd love for them to finish that way. I don't know that I could put them there. And the overrated team, I think this team has a chance to be really good. Okay? Hear me when I say I'm not shitting on this team. I just, I don't, I'm not ready to give North Carolina just the nod of being a top 10 team. They haven't shown anything to prove that they can beat a top 10 team. Well, that's if you true. can't beat top 10 teams, then you can't be a top 10 team. Okay? So giving them that nod of top 10, I just think is way premature.
2: Way well, premature. Eight. let's say, hey, let's talk about this then. Uh, I did write this down. Every year for two plus decades, other than 2019, we've had a team go from top 10 to unranked and a team that went from unranked to top 10 my my top 10 to unranked is it, i could see any of them doing it iowa state won some close ball games last year they went 4 and 2 in one score games i i think iowa state's going to be really good i could totally see them dropping completely out of the rankings because you remember it was just two seasons ago it was 2019 where they went 7 and 5 now they ended up like back half of the top 25 but it, iowa state loses a couple of field goal games you know they end up going 7 and 5 I, I could totally see them dropping out. Notre Dame has got a hellacious schedule. They, re- they replace a bunch of guys on that offensive line. I do think Notre Dame is going to be really, really good. Obviously, they've built that program to where it can withstand stuff like this. But that schedule, is kind of difficult. And it's difficult every year, and I get that. But that's that's one that I worry about. And then, of course, North Carolina. If the, the skill players that come in do not produce at the same level, and that defense, even though everybody's been talking them up, I've, I've got a lot of faith in them. If, if the defense doesn't step up and the skill players don't produce, that's a team that could absolutely drop all the way out of the rankings even though they're ranked number 10 here. Uh, you you feel the same on on those, or do you have a different one?
1: No, I've got some different ones, but but I want to talk to you about that. How many games do those teams have to lose to fall out? That's the that's the question that you got to get to.
2: I think North Carolina would have to be seven and five to drop out. I think Iowa State would have to be seven but and five North, to drop out.
1: North Carolina is not dropping; they're not losing five games. Their schedule is just way too damn easy. The ACC, outside of you know, my they don't have to play Clemson, so outside of Miami. They're not going to play another team that's close to them in the rankings the whole year, right?
2: All right, hold on, hold on. Uh say they lose at Virginia Tech week one. That wouldn't be crazy, right? No. All right. So you lose that one. Then you got Georgia State, you got Virginia, and you got Georgia Tech. Ought to be able to win those, I would think. Okay. Now, Virginia, that could also sneak up on you because obviously Bronco gets one of those kind of wins every year. But so either so if way if you're a we'll... top ten team, you can't beat Virginia, then you're not a top ten exactly. team yet. You, you run into altogether. You run into Duke. And then you've got Florida State, who Mac Brown still to this day has not beaten.
1: All right, so let's say they lose to Florida State. Let's say Norvell's got that thing rolling. All yep. right, so, so you've you got Virginia got Tech. Losses.
2: You got Virginia Tech, and you got Florida State. Then you it's have a disaster season for this team, by the way. Oh yes, 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 absolutely. Then you've got Miami and at Notre Dame back to back. Okay, you could lose those two. Then you've got that, wait, that, that's that's you're talking.
1: The wheels have come off. Now you've lost yes. three in a row.
2: Yeah. Well, at it, it, that yeah, that'd be three in a row. It, it, but say say you win one out of the three. right? Okay. To end the season, you still got Wake Forest, who is that, super plucky. That, we both like Dave Clawson. You got at Pittsburgh... They're not
1: close to a top-ten team if we're talking about picking
2: Agreed. Wake Forest. Agreed. But this is a team that lost to Florida State last season and had better weapons. Had, you know... I, and so, either way, at Pittsburgh, I, Wake there's Forest... There's no way
1: they're at, getting to the five losses. And at this NC State. not getting to five losses. So... I think I think I, I think four losses would probably knock them out by the way. I think 5 is obscene. Um the reason I say that is because there's a world where the big boys have never allowed Cincinnati or a team like this in to the top 10. Since they have, if they lose the two big road games to Indiana and Notre Dame, I could see just those two losses taking them
2: I wouldn't say completely out of the rankings. I, it wouldn't.
1: You wouldn't surprise me if the voters that do this wouldn't say, "Nope, we we had you a top ten team and you let us down. We had you ranked over both these teams. You were betting favorites over them. You lost both of them. You're never getting in again. And now we're dropping you out. I think there's punitive punishment that could be had.
2: I, that possibly. I, I will look at it this way. If Indiana and Notre Dame are good and you lose both of those on the road, you come back, you beat Temple, you're sitting at 3 and 2. I could see you in the back half of the top 25 at that point. And then you have to play UCF on October 16th. But no, even
1: if you beat UCF and those are your only two losses, I could see by the end of the season them wanting to rank some of these other teams in over them because Yeah, okay. When they're when they're trying to figure out who they're going to let in this thing. They're going to be, in their brain, they're going to want to punish a team that they all kind of had faith in and let them down. My my pick for the team that is not going to be ranked here, see, this is the problem of how many losses. Because it's really hard to get a three-loss team into the top 25 or a four-loss team definitely not in the top 25, right? Right. Is there any world where any of these big SEC schools cannibalize themselves and one of them ends up with three losses and doesn't make the top twenty-five.
2: Uh, I don't. I think if if a and not a specific team, but if Georgia
1: ends up with three losses, would they be still ranked or not?
2: Yeah, they'll still be ranked. Okay, right. they, they I can't would, see they would any of these
1: ranked. teams losing four games
2: because their but losses that, would like Georgia's losses would be Florida nope, probably. Nope,
1: nope. You got to stop doing that, man. Because just two damn years ago, this team came off a a, a half. From winning the playoffs and then they lose to damn South Carolina at home in the hedges. So you're just ch- you just think their losses would be normal big losses, right? You just assume that. You don't know that Kentucky won't come in there and kick the shit out of them.
2: That's true, but that Kirby season, Smart's
1: done it every year.
2: That season, that South Carolina loss was the only loss that they had before the SEC championship game. Okay, so
0: I you're mean, justifying that, that, it. No,
2: so I'm you're not making justi- that okay. No, I'm not justifying it. I'm you're making it, it
1: okay to let. But. You're you're working under the premise that you know what their losses can be because you don't see any of these other teams upsetting them. But right, they so, get upset every year by somebody.
2: Yeah, I mean they yes, yes, you're not you're not wrong about that. Show me a year where they haven't. Well, I mean, last year they didn't get upset by anybody. They they lost Alabama, they lost Florida.
1: Well, I guess the Florida game they weren't the
2: dog. Then, right? and they well they were they were a favorite. I think they were a favorite by three points. Right? It was like two. By that's not, that's by not a big kick-offs. upset. Yeah, it's not a big upset. But but I think the the smart betters out there, <laughs> like us, uh, we we both picked Florida to win that game. I, looking at it this year, like if you lose to Clemson, is that anything to to hang your head about? I no, don't think so. But
1: you're, all right. So let's say they lose to Clemson and then they lose to Florida. Okay. And then let's okay. say they lose to Auburn. All right. Okay. They're still ranked the top twenty-five. Right. Yeah, I think so. And then let's just say they get upset by one of these wild-ass teams. Now they're not.
2: Uh, they, you lose to Missouri or Tennessee or Kentucky or Arkansas. Anybody else on the whatever. schedule, Gary?
1: Yeah. Anyone else on the schedule?
2: Yeah. I, th- I think eight That's and four, all that's left on the schedule. I think eight and four, they, they will not be ranked. receiving votes. But they'll be not towards the not,
1: – Not ranked. You don't think so? Not ranked. You can't have a four-loss team be ranked. There's going to be too many one, two, and three-loss teams out there you can't do
2: it. Ah, you might be right about that. You might be here. Let, let me look at uh let me look at last season.
1: And this just isn't look, it could be A and M. It 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 could be your beloved Alabama roll Tide,
2: okay? Yeah. Well, I mean look if Florida had four losses at the end of last season, they were still uh top ten team at the end of the year. That's so, insane. Yeah, but hang on now. No, they but they
1: didn't have the fourth loss until after a bowl game. Uh, true. But they, but, but they, they still
2: went eight and four overall. I mean, it was all right. So looking at at twenty nineteen, let's go back to twenty nineteen. Looking at the final rankings, Texas was in at eight and five. Uh, Auburn at nine and four was number fourteen. Wisconsin at ten and four was number eleven. Yeah, I mean they, it, it would just be Michigan at nine and four was uh, number eighteen. So yeah, there's there's several. There there was yeah there was several four loss teams in there, uh, and then Texas with the fifth loss. So. Who knows? Who freaking knows? Uh, Virginia in the coaches' poll was nine and five, and they were ranked number twenty-five. So, yeah, there's there's ways that you can uh, that you could still be ranked, but I don't know. I just anyway, that, uh, that
1: was my thought process. Is is how the the question is not.
2: Well, let's let's look at it from the opposite side. What about those that are unranked making it to the top ten? Because there's always been one. Yeah, I I like TCU here. Yep. Because I think that Iowa State, as good as they are, the talent discrepancy between those two is not crazy.
1: Yep, I agree.
2: And if if it's Iowa State and they've always had Texas's number, so then all you got to do is play a close game with Oklahoma. And I mean, you're sitting there, one loss, two losses. You might be if your only two losses are to Oklahoma. You could absolutely. Be a top ten team. So I was
1: looking at this from a regular season perspective. I was not looking at this from the end of the bowls and everything perspective.
2: Oh, so let's just say at the end of the regular because season. Because at yeah.
1: the regular season, if you're one loss away, because you can't predict a championship game, and you now now you don't know who they're going to match up with in a bowl game, and that's just insane. Like yeah. that. And and your bowl matchup shouldn't matter because if it's not a playoff, then it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you lose that game yeah. or not. Uh, liberty could be interesting. Liberty was my guess. Liberty would have been my pick, or Ole Miss. One of those two.
2: Yeah, Ole Miss. Like they've got the offense, dude. I want to see what the defense does this year. I mean, they they brought in some some good recruits on that defensive line. You know, they got some guys to replace in the uh, in the middle of the front seven. So, we'll we'll see what Ole Miss ends up doing. I I do think that they can score enough points against everybody on their schedule to be able to win a lot of games. If you've got an Ole Miss team that gets a massive upset but finishes the season like nine and three, I think they could still be a top ten team.
1: I don't know about top ten,
2: but but there's a world where this team could be ten and two. I mean, I think they'd have to it, everything
1: would have to go right for them.
2: Yeah, uh, liberty. At liberty could be a lot of fun. I just worry about the schedule. Like they their their stuff is is weird. Um, it, it, their their schedule is just it, it. It's not super strong. They need they, they need play the Syracuse. good teams
1: that they play. They need the good teams that they play to be great.
2: Yeah, yeah, they really do. They really really do. Uh, I was gonna talk a little bit about Andy Staples' four million dollar club, but let's let's push that back. We're already thirty something minutes into this, and we got the AFC North to discuss. So you uh you ready to talk about that? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. The AFC North twenty twenty one predictions and preview will start off with the Baltimore Ravens. We're gonna talk about your boy here, good old Lamar Jackson. I mean, he uh, he didn't play great last year. He has caught COVID twice in the last, uh, what, like 10 months, 9 months, whatever it is. Uh, things have not been great, but big things are expected. win total here sits at 11, and it is juiced to the over at minus 120, under is minus 110 to win the division. They are number one in that regard, plus 125 to win the AFC, to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. They are plus 600 to make the playoffs. Yes, minus 350, no, plus 250. They are projected favorites in 15 games and their projected strength of schedule. It is the eighth most difficult slate in the NFL this season. They went under their win total in 2020, but they had two straight overs prior to that. The, the number was set like ridiculously high last year. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Lamar Jackson has won, uh, in NFL best 81% of his games since he took over the starting job, which is just absurd. Uh, First team to lead the NFL in point differential in two straight seasons. So that is a positive sign. They have the toughest second half schedule in the NFL. Seven of their last nine games were against 2020 playoff teams. Now, obviously, this is all preseason. We get that. Uh, Dropped to 11th DVOA offense from number one in 2019. The passing game last year dropped from number one in 2019 to the number 17 offense last year. This season, uh, they were or this past season, they were ranked highly in a lot of luck categories. Uh, they fumbled the most, but they also recovered seventy-five percent of their own fumbles, which was also number one in the NFL. Um, they allowed the lowest opponent field goal percentage, which is not something that you can duplicate. Like it's just, it's up to the other team whether or not they can hit their uh, their field goals. Uh, they faced the top five easiest schedule last year this year they've got the fifth toughest against epa offenses so you're going to be going up against teams that can actually score this year i have got the ravens going under the 11 but only because i've actually got them 11 and 6 when i went through the schedule I, i still think they're going to be great my biggest thing right now is they are dealing with so many injuries with their wide receiver core and i think the teams have figured out some of the running stuff that they're doing i i do you believe they're going to be really good. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to... They will actually probably have playoff success this year because I think they're built more for it. But I think that this team got tired of winning in the regular season and they're looking at it the same way that Tom Brady and whatnot used to where it was like, this doesn't matter. What matters is January, February. I, I feel like that's the situation. So I'm, I'm going under. It's not a bet I'm going to make, yeah, but, right. you know... What's uh, what's your your feel on this team?
1: I was shocked that the number was eleven. I think that's really high. Yes, um, and uh, for, especially for teams that just perennially don't don't do that. I I got this team ten and seven, so I'm going under as well. But it's not a knock on them. That I think is shocking. Really good. To me. Yeah, like, I think they're really really good, and uh, and I think their schedule's tough. I I think I'm with you. Their receiving core is not going to be there at the start of the season. I don't think.
2: Yeah. The whole I don't bunch. know what their yeah. I don't
1: know what their offense is going to look like at all. Uh Greg Roman's going to have to be a hell of a coordinator to uh to figure this thing out. Yes. Um so, you know, he, I think Lamar's great. I love Lamar. I think he's really 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 talented. But he can't do it on his own. I do think the defense is going to be real good. Oh yeah, I mean maybe, it always is. Maybe the best in the league. And uh and and so, you know, can he can he win some lower scoring games? Probably. Uh, definitely, I trust him to do that. I just think, man, 11 wins a lot. That's a big number. Most teams, if you give me double digit totals, it's rare that I'm going to go over. And I don't know that I have any time this year so far. It's just a hard. The NFL is hard. Even if I think you can win 12 games, doesn't mean I'm, I'm willing to make a bet that you're going to. Yeah. You know, if, I'm I mean, off or, if you get upset one time, I've lost the bet, or, or, or my miracle is pushing. So
2: that's look not a at, good wager. Look at this: if they lose Lamar Jackson for like two games, say he gets dinged up or yes. something like that, like oh. who they got Trace McSorley, who is uh, not playing right now. He's out with a back injury; like he's not going to play the rest of the preseason. And then at, who's? I don't even remember who the other guy is. So like their quarterback situation ain't great. So you know, it, one injury can can derail a win total like crazy. It doesn't mean they're not good. It just means crazy things happen. And if you think he's going to win... be an injury,
1: he shit his pants last year and missed like a huge section of the Browns game. I wish he'd have missed the rest of the game because he came back and won that game after yes. he shit himself.
2: Yes, yes. We were
1: we were kicking their ass and. Be damned and then he came back. He pooped his pants and <laughs> back and beat it. That's, that's more embarrassing for us than them, by the
2: way. Yes, you were probably right. You were probably right.
0: The Cincinnati
2: Bengals. Now, your boy Joe Burrow looked like he is going to be back. Uh, everything seems to be good there. Their win total sits at 6.5. To go under, even money. You want to go over, though, it's going to cost you minus 130 to win the division, plus 1,600, to win the AFC, plus 6,600, to make the playoffs. Plus 375 to not make the playoffs is minus 550. So they, they the books. By the way, odds brought to you by BetUS.com, where the game begins. Link in the description, promo code, all that good stuff. So, they are projected favorites in two games out of 17. That is definitely not good. And their schedule, even with as bad as they were last season, it got even more difficult. They have the fourth most difficult projected schedule in the league this year. That's based on win totals and whatnot. Five straight unders for their win totals and they have gone 3-16-1 one in one-score games since 2018. Uh, now, the good news, Burrow is coming back along with eight other uh, players, five starters that are returning from IR. They got destroyed, just decimated by the injury bug last year. If Jamar Chase is as advertised, the wide receiver room could be one of the best in the NFL. You got him along with Higgins and Boyd. That is a powerful trio. That's some good guys right there. Uh, people are focused on Burrow's injury, but uh, but Jonah Williams, I think, is just as important, if not more so. That's what they were banking on because they did not upgrade that offensive line. They're banking on Williams to come back and, and handle the blind side. So they uh, they ranked low in luck categories last year, so you would hope there'd be a little more regression to the mean. Uh, as far as turnovers go, they were bottom seven in EPA gained on defense. They were top five in EPA lost on offense. So when it came to turnovers, they did nothing with them. And when they turned them over, the other team almost always scored. Almost always, uh, they outside of hoping for like injury recovery, you know, all that good stuff. They brought in Riley Reef, right tackle. Uh, they, like I said, they didn't really upgrade that offensive line. I don't know what to make of it. Zach Taylor could be one of the worst head coaches in the NFL. Six twenty-five and one overall. He is. He himself is two thirteen and one in one score games. That's where. You figure out the good coaches from the bad, the ones that can win the close ball games, because that's what the NFL is. I I don't feel great about this team. I do like the fact that Burrow's coming back. I think that they can be explosive. A lot of volatility with this team. I am gonna go with the under six and a half here. I've actually got them winning five ball games this year. I could I could see them going past this. Again, not a bet that I like. I don't like the totals being that low, but you know, I'm I'm gonna go under. So, I've, I've got him at
1: 5 and 12. So, I'm, I'm with you on the under. I've got him 6 and 11. Um, we have to remember that not everybody is superhuman. And just because, you know, Adrian Peterson once came back from an ACL injury in six months, like that's new, the new standard. You know, it's usually a year. So, Joe A didn't just tear his ACL, he tore other ligaments, he tore lots of cartilage. It was a major, major injury. The fact that he is back already, I think, is surprising to me, all right? I'm okay with him being cautious. I'm okay with him being skittish, and I'm okay with him just not being all there with with, with this injury and the way way things are right now, all right? I'm totally okay with that as being a huge borough fan. His thought process should be three years from now, not today, okay? that's That's it. This team is not ready to win. This defense is really bad. The offensive line is below average, bad. Um, they've got really good skill players. They've got really good receivers and they've got a really good running back and they've got a really good quarterback when he's healthy. Um, we'll we'll see. Can Zach Taylor do anything with that? Zach Taylor is the 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 thing that scares me the most about this team. It's not Burrow's health. I do think by the, you know, middle of the year, Burrow will be Fine. If he doesn't get hurt again, he's going to be okay, and he'll be back to 100% help, and he'll be used to playing with the knee and all this stuff, and there'll be no issues. My my fear is, is this is not an organization that fires coaches very quickly at all. They've let their team get real bad in the past before firing them. Will they, if they finish with five or six losses this year, pull the trigger on saying, Zach, you're out. Sorry. We shouldn't have hired somebody who was just friends with Sean McVay. We made a mistake. Because that's not their history. That's
2: a very interesting
1: thought to look at. It really it, bothers me, I, by the way. I mean, it really, really bothers me.
2: I could understand not firing him last season, right? Because you did I, I, get decimated with injuries and all that. You just yeah, drafted yeah. the number one quarterback. You, like, you feel like you're headed in the right direction. But when you look at... At two thirteen and one in one score games, and you look at the fact that we don't really know what this guy does well, and he hasn't shown it in two seasons. Nobody has really developed yet. I I do get curious. Now, far be it from from us to, or far be it for us to call for somebody's head. Oh, no, because but- obviously I think Zach Taylor is way smarter than I am when it comes to football. But Otherwise that's not the, the standard, job. Gary. But that is not you, the standard. Correct. You know I, mean?
1: I need somebody to be smarter than Kyle Shanahan. Okay? Because I don't think there is anybody smarter than him. Nope. Coach nope. of football. That's not named Bill Belichick. I need you to be smarter than Sean McVay. All right. I need you to be smarter than Sean Payton or Andy Reid. Can you be smarter than those guys? Because I don't I don't think you are. I don't think you're smarter than John Harbaugh. I don't think you're smarter than Kevin Svansky. Okay? Ta- or Mike, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin, for that matter. I don't. I don't think you're smarter than he's smarter than those guys. So being smarter than you and me does nothing for him. Exactly because we're not in the room competing with him. Those guys are.
2: It's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, it, how, how many? How bad would this have to get for him to be fired? Do you think?
1: I I don't know the answer. I think six and eleven, which what I have them at, is bad enough to fire him. I do. I do believe that.
2: I could I could get down with that. If, so, if they deal but, with a bunch of injuries you know, again, is that an excuse? I, I don't so, think so.
1: I don't. I don't like the excuse of injuries. When, but some of this is all biases in the sense that I didn't think he was a good hire to begin with.
2: That's true. Now, if they
1: roll off and they finish out eight and nine, holy shit! I think that's an unbelievable year, and and I think that's a year to grow on. And and I'm wrong about Zach Taylor, and that's fine. I'm always willing to admit that. But right now, I I didn't see it the day he got hired. And some of that's not the Bengals' fault, okay? Some of that's the sense that everybody who knew Sean McVay was getting jobs at the same time, and he was the last of them to get the job. And I thought, well, this is just getting ridiculous now. Like, yes. now we're literally just hiring Sean McVay's friends, hoping that they know something about football like he does, okay? So he already starts off in a six-foot hole with me. Yeah, yeah,
2: I, I, could, I this could see the that. He's
1: front office that you just can't trust.
2: Uh, yeah no it, you're 100 hundred right I mean it was the same thing with uh with Marvin so yeah it, it we it looks like we're running through the same thing again let's let's talk about something a little more positive the Cleveland Browns now you obviously your brownies I'm surprised you didn't have your brown shirt on today
1: no 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 well that's a different story I can't I can't fit in here.
2: So I'm working on that all right we we gonna get that fixed I got, by I got by I got I went season. I went
1: crazy for about a month and and <laughs>
2: I understand, brother. I understand. You ain't got to explain it to me. I know what's up. Their win total sits at ten and a half, juiced to the over. Minus one twenty to go over, minus one ten to go under to win the division. Plus one thirty-five, right behind the Ravens at plus one twenty-five. So that is definitely good to win the AFC. They are plus six fifty to make the playoffs. Minus two sixty tonight is plus two hundred. They're projected favorites in thirteen out of seventeen games, and they have the second easiest schedule in the NFL this season. They have gone over under and over the last three seasons. Went 7-2 and two in one score games last year. They got the number one offensive line. Number one running back room. They uh, Stefanski proved to be a good head coach last season. That's definitely a welcome addition for sure. Super easy schedule based on projected win totals. Defense ranked number 23 in EPA per play last year on fourth downs. But, you want to talk about a talent overhaul. You could see as many as eight new starters on this defense because these guys are unreal. Like, they did some fantastic stuff. Offensive line only missed seven total games last year. You're going to need them to stay healthy. Mayfield was 31st in the NFL uh, QBR against pressure last year. If you can keep a clean pocket, Baker Mayfield can be really, really good. So as long as those guys stay healthy, he's going to be fantastic. They won 11 games despite having a minus 11-point differential for the season, which is absurd. Uh OBJ returns, and, you know, with him and Landry, uh, that's great, but there ain't a whole lot of depth at wide receiver. But again, they, they make up for it in other places. I have got this team going over the 10-and-a-half. I've got them winning 12 games this year. I think this franchise is being built beautifully. So... um,
1: I'm going to tell a little story. You and I are from Memphis. Yep. Okay. We're Grizz fans. All right. We lived through a decade of Chris Wallace just causing us to drink heavily and and probably oh, yes. going to take years off of our life because he didn't know how to run a franchise. Right. Yes. He didn't now, know how to. Now the build Grizzlies. A I, I know people who don't care about the NBA are just going to get a little NBA lesson. Now the Grizzlies are being talked about like they're one of the best run organizations in all of basketball in the NBA and Memphis fans are ecstatic just because people think we're competent now, all right? My Browns have have been maybe worse than the Chris Wallace era for the last decade, all right? And now they have a front office that's good. My fear is, are those two front offices really that good or are our standards so low that, that anything competent looks like it's the best front office in the world so that that's something that worries me because i know that potential is out there okay i think this team is really good i i do think this is one of the few teams in the nfl this year i i think there's probably only 7 maybe 8 teams in the entire nfl this year that can win the super bowl think this is one of them. I think they're in that elite class of of that good. Now, defense has got to be better. I think the defense is going to be a lot better. They, yes. They stole the rookie linebacker that the entire world is a, is about to regret right now. JOK is going to hurt people's feelings, all right? He's going <laughs> to steal your girl. He's going to take your mom out for dinner. <laughs> and, and they are going to spend Mother's Day and Valentine's with him and not you. For the rest of your life, okay. He's—I'm so impressed by this kid. <laughs> He's I need Miles Garrett to stay healthy. If Miles Garrett stays healthy, that front seven went from being one of the worst front sevens outside of Miles Garrett to being one of the best. All right. Yeah. And Miles Garrett's probably going to be in the conversation for for defensive player, uh, defensive of, the year. player of the year. Yeah. And and the secondary is where we got a just a shitload of question marks, but we got a shitload of depth. So if somebody gets hurt, we finally got a bunch of guys we can throw out there. I don't know that any of them are going to ever be Stephon Gilmore, okay? But I don't need them to be, all right? I just just need them to be good, and I need them to be competent, and I need them to be capable, and I think they're all that. Offensively, I think the offense is going to take a big step forward. Last year, like the last six or seven games of the season, basically the Browns, Baker played like shit for the first, I don't know, over half of the season. Then they played four games back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. I don't know if that was enough backs or not. Maybe one too many. (laughs) It might have been one too many. (laughs) Where they either played in a blizzard or a monsoon. Okay? And then we came out of that. So you got to throw all those stats away. Even if he looked good, it doesn't matter. That's all. All the statistical analysis that you get from playing in a monsoon is garbage. All right? The the rest of the games from that point forward. He had the number one QBR rating in of the, of the entire NFL, All right, If he can build on that, I'm not saying he's going to be the best quarterback in the league. Don't need him to be. I think this team is really good. I need him to be in the top third, okay? I need him to be in the top, you know, 10 to 12 in the NFL. That's it. That's all I need Baker to be, and I think he can be that. I think Odell has a big prove-it year. I think Chubb has a lot to prove getting that money. I think Hunt because he's constantly signing nothing but one-year deals, has a lot to prove. I think this team can win the Super Bowl. I've got them 13 wins just on paper. There's a world where I believe they're going to beat the Chiefs week one. I believe that's going to happen.
2: What worries me is the schedule that they, that they look so good against towards the end of the season was not great. Like it was, it, they didn't play anybody very difficult. They lost to the Raiders. They had a bye week, and then they beat Houston, Philly, Jacksonville, and then they won at Tennessee in a super close game. They lost to Baltimore. Then they beat the Giants. They lost. The Baltimore
1: game was the game that. Yes, that,
2: 40, 47 that, 42. That, that,
1: yep. Baltimore pooped his pants and then came back and had a miracle. Yes. He, maybe he pooped himself, and then he made room for that horseshoe that he shoved up his
2: ass. Yes. Hundred percent. I mean, you got to clear out a little space if you're going to put something else up there. I understand that, but I then mean, they just... lose at the Jets, and then they beat the the Steelers backup team, and then they destroyed the uh, the Steelers in the playoffs. Like just uh, so, they, that was so that loss
1: of the Jets game. They they were decimated by injury as well, and they didn't start a bunch of guys. that yeah. was that was a hundred percent. They knew they could lose that game as because all they had to do was beat the Steelers and it was get everybody healthy for the Steelers game. Even though they're bringing backups in, you still don't want to take a chance with that and then and then be healthy for the playoffs. So yes. that 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 you can kind of figure out. Um, look, I can't control the schedule. No, okay? oh,
2: same, but here's the thing. This schedule this season is just as easy as last season was. Like it's It, it may be more no, so. I'm
1: not worried about an easy schedule. I want to split with the Ravens. I want to beat the Chiefs week one. That's all I care about. There you go. I want to sweep the other two, okay? That's it.
2: Well, let's talk about one of the other two. We'll close out the AFC North previews with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Win total sits at eight and a half. To go over is even money. So, if you think that Mike Tomlin is going to have his first losing season ever and and the Steelers' first losing season since 2004, uh, you're going to have to pay juice on that at minus 130 to go under. To win the division, they are plus 350. To win the AFC, they are plus 1,600. To make the playoffs, they are minus 210, not to plus 170 to make the playoffs. So they are projected favorites in eight games, which I don't know how that's even possible. And their projected strength of schedule, the second most difficult in football over last season. Went over the win total. But they had two straight unders before that, after four straight overs before that. Uh, most predictable offense in the NFL. Check out this stat. If they had less than three wide receivers on the field, they ran the ball 70% of the time. And it didn't matter because they didn't play anybody last year. Now, they have won at least eight games in every season since 04. Uh Defense was second in EPA last year, number one in DVOA. They return everybody except for Bud Dupree, and they signed Melvin Ingram in the offseason. I, I don't think he's as good as Dupree, but we shall see. It's better than not having Dupree because Dupree was injured for the back half of uh, of the season. so
1: Owen's injured all the time, though. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, Big Ben looks old. Uh, 28th in deep ball passer rating last year, 26th in completion percentage over expected. Uh, not great last year. I don't know that another year is going to help that. The schedule was the second easiest in the NFL last year, and they did not address their pitiful offensive line at all. They ranked dead last in adjusted line yards last year. Uh, it, Najee Harris ain't going to fix that. Like he just he can't fix that. I, I don't I don't you can put him out for passes, you can do whatever, but you you can't have a running game if you got offensive linemen that can't block. Like not not
1: in this division, not against the Browns defense, not against that Ravens defense. No. Those are the two teams you got to try to figure out a way to beat in this division. And the the Browns defense hasn't ever been that vaulted. Their front seven just looks so much better to stop the run. The the Ravens defense ain't nobody running on them.
2: Now, I, I say all that, and I've got this team going 9-8, and eight, but I don't trust it. So, I'm, I'm going over. It ain't a bet that I'm going to make, but since I'm on the record with this, and since I am a Steelers fan, as much as I don't like the way that they have run this organization over the past few years, I'm still going to go over just trusting that Mike Tomlin does not have his first ever losing season, but I don't trust it. So right. I that's I'll go ahead and tell you that the the no to make the playoffs at minus two ten might just be giving away money.
1: I've got um, I've got a question for you. It's okay. A different over under. How many games over under until Mike Tomlin just chokes the shit out of Matt Canada?
2: All right. They start off with the Bills. Um, I think he'll let him get by with the Bills. Uh, you got the Raiders. You got the Bengals, and then. I think at the Packers. I think that might be that well, might let's be the, say, one. So let's the say fourth the, game.
1: Let's say the offense looks bad against the Bengals. All right. Like, let's say they win that game because it's the Bengals, but the offense looks like shit. Okay. It, it and, might be it might be the third game. It could be. I'm just I'm just saying at some point in time, I believe Mike Tomlin and Matt Cannon are gonna have a have a heart to heart. They're gonna have a very close conversation where either hands are on collars or around uh, throat.
2: What what do you think the odds are that Matt Canada is still the offensive coordinator at the end of the season?
1: I don't think pretty good. But I might be wrong on that. This is an organization that is about stability. There's a world where, you know, if they're not good, they make an organizational decision to just ride things out. I don't know that they've ever fired somebody in the middle of the season. I, I, they, I, they I you're probably right. They don't tend to they don't tend to do business that way, but I definitely think an ass whooping is going to be involved. Like I might not be able to fire you, but I can show slap the shit out of you. Okay. I've got this team going under. I got them seven ten. I got them close to the number. Um, I, I think they're going to struggle to find wins because I think, I think their offense is predicated on quick passes, slants, and, and dump offs. And that's it. I don't think they'll be able to run the ball. I don't think they'll be able to throw the ball deep because I don't think Ben will have time, um, and, and I think they're going to struggle. I think the loss of D- Bud Dupree is huge. I yes. think that's massive. And I, I am a, I was a big fan of Melvin Ingram three years ago, but he hasn't been healthy or, or produced well in two years. It's been a huge disappointment for somebody who, from his days in San Diego and then to L.A., love that man. And, and I just wonder, when the guys hit the cliff, they don't gradually get bad. They just fall off. And yeah, is, no, that's entirely possible. Is this what happened to Melvin, which I hope not, by the way. As well, it's, much it's, as I don't like the Steelers and I like making fun of them, I hope that didn't happen because I love him. I think there's a world where that whole that but Dupree left, It's it's – pretty massive
2: well there's a reason why Melvin Ingram signed for one year four million dollars right that's right like it's that's right
1: I I was shocked as
2: hell that that's the only money he got um I think the biggest returning guy by the way for them like the reason the defense kind of fell off towards the end of the season I think it wasn't just Bud Dupree I think it was also losing Devin Bush and you get him back this year yeah looks like everything's good to go there
1: and, and JT Watt should have another big game and and he's you know it is TJ. TJ, TJ Watt, right? TJ Watt. Whatever. <laughs> it's, wait, listen, you're going to know his name by the end of the year because that's all they're going to do. They're just going to talk about him every defensive snap, just like his brother. Just, exactly. He was he was just grandfathered into. They're going to ruin every football game for you if you don't
2: like hearing their name. So,
1: yeah, that yeah. means he's not a good player. That means he's not a great player. He, you know, they're just going to they're just going to tell you how great he is every.
2: Oh, yes. Their, even, their
1: schedule. Even in, even in snaps where he's not involved and they run the ball to the other side.
2: I'm, I'm going to run through the schedule right quick just okay. so that everybody gets an idea. When we say it is the second most difficult uh, projected strength of schedule, they open at the Bills. They got the Raiders and the Bengals. They play at the Packers. They play the Broncos. They got the Seahawks at home. They play at the Browns, the Bears, the Lions, at the Chargers. <laughs> at the Bengals, Ravens, at the Vikings, Titans, at the Chiefs, Browns, and then at the Ravens. That, I mean, there's a world where they could lose, like, 12 games.
1: Oh, yeah. No, my like, 7 and 10 might might not be close to the lowest they go.
2: You think Dwayne Haskins uh, ends up getting that number two job at quarterback? It doesn't matter. I, I think it could because I think... Gary, I, that's the worst quarterback room in the league. It's pretty bad. I mean, your, your options yeah, okay, are. Okay, hang on, hang on,
1: hang on. If you take Watson out of the Texans, that that was not a true statement, and not a fair
2: statement. It's there's a lot of bad quarterback rooms. I will say that. No, they're not.
1: No, they're not. They're, none of them are that bad. None of them are that bad.
2: I mean, the Ravens went in great. Like
1: let's, Lamar, let's... But, but Lamar is so much better than everybody else. It doesn't matter. True. Okay, I would listen. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how bad your quarterback room is. I take the Colts' quarterback room with Wentz healthy. Over your quarterback room,
2: I yeah okay yeah I could I could see that.
1: I absolutely think Adam Eaton and uh, and um, oh god not Adam Eaton what
2: the uh, Jacob Eason. Jacob Beeson
1: um, I'm thinking of the baseball player and and Sam uh, Ellinger and, and yeah. Sam Ellinger are better than any of the backups you got and I don't know that Wentz and Ben aren't aren't the same
2: guy uh, behind Lamar Jackson you got Trace McSorley and Tyler Huntley. Uh, who who have the Ravens got as their backups? You just that, said. Tracy. I sorry. mean, not the Ravens. Uh, uh, the the Browns. I'm sorry. The Browns have Case
1: Keenum. Case Keenum's a, a, an expert. a serviceable. He, he won yeah. a playoff game. He's yeah. he's fine.
2: Like serviceable like guy. Years. Serviceable guy. So yeah, uh, Case Keenum and then Kyle Loletta. So yeah, the quarterback rooms are you know once you're paying these guys so much, you can't uh, you can't really afford you know a bunch of good guys there. But, but uh, you don't
1: need. But you just need one, and then some young guy with a little bit of fire or talent, or an old guy. The problem is, is your your starter is, is just busted.
2: Yes, yes. And then they brought him back for another year, and the owners said that this might not be his last season there. Oh, we're going to extend him. We're going to give him an extension, Gary. He'll be forty years old playing quarterback for the Steelers with a, a noodle arm. The same as Drew Brees, I guess. Just ugh. well, the, the
1: the difference is Drew Brees had a brain. Could pick defenses apart. Yeah, and he was still. Checks, and he could. Yeah. He could. He, Drew Brees knew how to play the quarterback position. Ben Roethlisberger knows how to be big as shit, not get sacked because he's big as shit, and throw the ball really far. That's what he knows how to do.
2: And when he can't but throw the ball very far anymore, then. Take he-
1: away the throwing the ball very far. And at some point in time, your old ass ain't going to be hard to bring down. You're just going to be a big tree falling in the woods.
2: Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, it's you got them going under. I've got them going over. I don't feel great about it. Uh, the only one that I feel great about in this division is the Browns going, going over. Yeah, like the Browns and
1: the Steelers are two bets that I'll actually, I'll actually hold tickets for those. The other two, uh, I'm too close to where I think they're going to be to where I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch them.
2: I can, uh, I can get down with that. I can get down with that. All right, uh, we will go ahead and wrap this thing up. Hey, breaking news: uh, Governor Greg Abbott in Texas has tested positive for COVID nineteen. So, it just continues on and on. It's about to get crazy, my friend. Absolutely crazy. All right, let's let's uh, let's get out of here. You guys go to winningcuriouseverything.com. That's got everywhere you need to subscribe, everywhere you need to follow. You can follow us on social media over there as well. Also, as you see on the screen, you can follow us on Twitter. It is right there. Uh, and the links are also in the description in the podcast and on YouTube. If you want to click those and give us a follow on social media, we... Continue talking about football basically all day, every day on our social media account. So go ahead and follow over there. BetUS brings you the show every single time we do it. And they are where the game begins, betus.com. There's a link in the description for that. The promo code is NCAAF2021. It is a 125% deposit bonus. And I, I can't stress how big that is. Basically, you are more than doubling your money If you deposit using that promo code, you feel like betting on football, it's Sportsbook exclusive. It's not part of it goes to the casino, part of it goes to whatever. It is all for gambling on football, if that is your thing, or basketball, or golf, or whatever. So go to BetUS.com, put in that promo code NCAAF2021, and you can get a 125% deposit bonus. Go ahead and check it out. Make sure you are subscribed on the YouTube if you have not already. Like the video, share it out, tell your friends about it, and jump into the comments. We want to hear what you think about the show, what you think about all these different things. Chris, is there anything else that we need to hit on? No, that's it, brother. That is it. All right, you guys have been fantastic. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Cures at Gary WCE or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.